All right, we're live. Tap and birdie. Uh, we're back, and we're not better than ever. We're worse than ever. Uh, but it's okay. It's all right. Uh, I'm joined with my good friend Adam, uh, also known as DG Betting. Adam, how you doing tonight? Doing great. Glad that uh, I'm here for the uh, what's it been two, three weeks since uh, TIBs hit the airwaves. Yeah, no, uh, no TIB for the last <laughs> two weeks. Uh, it's been hurting my ranking in like golf podcasts in Switzerland, um, which is a little upsetting. Um, but you know, it's okay. It's part of the business. Um, kind of like Rory, sometimes you got to take time and just kind of focus on yourself. You know, I've been kind of burning myself at, uh, both ends and I just, I just couldn't, uh, bring myself to, uh, talk about golf for an hour on a podcast. So, uh, I decided to take a nice two-week break. Yeah, we all need uh, time to put our feet up at times, and now you're queued up. You've, we've got Wells this week, designated event. We've got Byron Nelson next week, which is not a designated event, but but uh, the Cage League special. We'll see if he can make it three in a row, so we've got something exciting there. And then right here in uh, our great state of New York, the uh, yeah. championship. So God be right. Oh, like the right golf? Back. There's not a bad golf tournament until after the travelers like every single golf tournament from now until late june will be good um this is a really great stretch of golf like there's the two worst events will be byron and colonial and i I don't really expect those to be like awful fields Um, but it's just good tournament after good tournament coming up so there'll be no break soon you know I, i don't really envision not doing a pod for John Deere, or like 3M or Rocket. Um, so that little two-week break after RBC, I think the PGA Tour needs it. I think it's at a really good spot, and um, I en- enjoyed my my time off. Uh, did, not, did not hit any winners um, in that two-week span. Um, you know, we're, we're down pretty bad um, in the gambling streets, but, you know, it's okay. This is what happens um when you like gamble like for not a living but like it's part of your your personality yeah but to be fair you did through 36 holes last week at the korea championship have one two on the leaderboard yeah. two man card so trending in the right direction <laughs> pib's back like i think things are looking positive for yeah you. no i i um we're fully into the dp world tour i am now convincing myself that I know what I'm talking about and that like I can see things in these DP world tour golfers and now betting them. And, you know, there's a certain point in my life where I would just tell um, your card and, you know, at no fault of your own, like, you know, we kind of had some differences about Yanni P and like, sometimes you just got to bet who your heart wants you to bet. Um, so the Yanni P, um, you know, he, he's one of my dogs, you know, he is a grinder. Uh, he's a top 10 golfer in the world. And like, I just love Yanni P. So, you know, that will be towards the back half of, uh, the pod. Are are you down to talk some, uh, Italian open at Marco Simone golf club? I would, I would say I'm almost more excited to talk Italian Open than Wells Fargo. I, I do want to point out that you're you're claiming Yanni P as your guy. Of the two people on this podcast, I am the only one who has cashed him outright on Mr. Yannick Paul. But I, I think that's fair. You're more committed to him at this point of his career. And so I'm, 
I'm willing to give you. Uh, I mean, cashing a ticket on like just a fucking loser is there's nothing better. Like there is nothing better than cashing an outright ticket on someone that doesn't win um, golf tournaments. Is is that his only DP World Tour win? Uh, yeah, and he, he's won one time. He's won one time, and he he pretty much blew it, and then uh, Armitage hit an OB on like a pretty simple par five to hand it back to him, but. We'll uh we'll talk DP at the end. I'm sure. Yeah. No, I'm I'm excited. Are not um, I, I I am excited um for that. Last week we had the Mexico Open. Um, I kind of want to do like kind of like a state of the union on Big Tone. Um, I have you know been like kind of vocal and just like kind of taking some jabs at Tone. Um, you know, with his wins recently. And I think a lot of it stems from me and you kind of betting him a lot at the beginning of the year and like real elevated, like good golf tournaments and him just like absolutely shitting all over himself and like never putting himself in contention and not being the golfer that like we know he is. And when you watch him play Mexico Open or you watch him at the Houston Open or like 3M or Rocket, you're like, there is literally not a better golfer in the world than Tony Finau. Like, long a trade off the tee. Like, unbelievable iron player. Like, truly one of the best iron players on tour. Makes every single putt. Gets up and down from everywhere. And it's like, yo, like, I want to see this in a major or an elevated event. And I think that kind of where the where the frustration come from because he was never in contention once during this year until he got to the Mexico open. So it's just kind of tough to, to deal with. Yeah. And I mean, I think it was, I was on here for uh, Riviera. We had a long yeah. conversation about Tony and we were trying to convince ourselves that he's a, <laughs> a big, big game hunter. Um, and I tweeted, it was probably meaner than it needed to be but i said that this is his fourth uh corn fairy tour win since july of last year and yeah rom was in the field and he definitely you know played nicely on sunday to to beat rom not that rom on sunday was anywhere close to to his best but and scheffler was in the field in uh at the houston, houston open yeah. and uh you know cantley was there in, in detroit so there have been one or two good players in the fields that he's he's won in but there's it's not the depth of the field that there are in these designated events. So like some people I think were arguing that, you know, we should count it more because he beat someone like Rom or, you know, Scheffler was at the the Houston open. Any top player playing against one or two or three of the other top players theoretically has a good chance to win in that situation. And Fino's plus 800 going into this week, like it's a two man race. And so until he does it and competes in one of these designated events with a depth of players, because then there's more guys who can pop on any given week and challenge near the top of the top of the board. It's just tough to, to know what to say, really. It's because yeah. it doesn't make sense. In yeah, the there is no was so consistent too this year. He's top 31, I yeah. think in every yeah. single event. So it's just like it, it doesn't make a lot of sense. Like, I'm like, there is no reason in the entire world that Tony Finau couldn't have not won one of Farmers, Waste, and um, Genesis. There's, there's no reason in the world where he cannot contend at those events. He's contended at those events before. Um, he's obviously an extremely talented golfer. So I think it's just a little bit frustrating to not see it in these 
elevated events, majors. I know you bet him at the Masters. You know, I know we we talked about it. Like, do you think that there's any value in Finau in the major uh, futures market right now? Like, do you think that his talent and what he's done so far this year could um, see him be a one-time major winner this year? So you talked me out of betting him at the Masters. I was going to bet him at the Masters and oh. you were texting about it, and I didn't. But I was – I probably would have if you didn't talk me out of it. But – I think, you know, it wasn't surprising at all. As soon as Finau is in the position like he was in Mexico, we start seeing the tweets about like 35 to 1, 50 to 1, 45 to 1, whatever it may be at the, the majors coming up. And you look at the venues, I think, and probably the PGA lines up best for his skill set, the way he's currently playing. Um, but I think it's pretty it's the much easier thing to say that, no, he's not going to win a major yeah. this year or come very close to winning a major. Um, I think that is the logical side of the argument. And I don't know that there's a price that we'll realistically see on him at a major that would entice me, I guess. Yeah. You know, like I think he'll probably be, I don't know what the exact features on him are right now, but probably under 50 to one. And I think realistically, when you look at the his track record, in majors of late and just the players that you have to beat to win a major, I, I would, I highly doubt he'll be on a card for me this year. I guess that's. uh... Yeah. Yeah. I I think I'm kind of in the, in the same boat. And again, like there, Tony Finau is a much better man than me, like character. Like he is an awesome guy. I love him. Like he is great. Like I, I really have no qualms with him. As a person, not that I have many qualms with many PGA Tour people, like as a person, but like I don't want it to seem like I'm like shitting on Tony or like I think he's like a loser or something. Like he's an amazing guy. Um, he's a role model for a lot of people, and I just want to see him win a designated event slash major. Like I, I, I just I want that for him, and I think that it will be really good for his career when when people look back on it. What is the level? Let's go step below major. And obviously there's the designated events as well. And that'd be a good next a step in the right direction. But what if he won like a colonial? That's the, like, that's a step above yeah. some of the events that he's been playing. He's played well there previously. Like, is there a middle ground win that Tony can pick yeah. up? Like, a, like that would build his credibility with you going forward. That's not a major or a like serious designated event. Is there any middle ground or does it have to be one of those for him? No, I think like it, it can't be like rocket or three M. Like I think it had, because there's really no, like, yeah, I think if you won like a Valspar colonial type, like, I think that's fine. Like that is totally 1000% like fine. Like I think that kind of, like, you know, puts the haters to rest a little bit. But it just – he has the talent. There's no debate about it in the world that he has the talent to um, win a major or win a, an elevated event. I just kind of want to see it um, from him. Um, I'm sure he'll be a popular selection at the PGA because I'm, I'm sure it's a great golf course for him and there he has no real faults in his game. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm happy that Tone won, um, you know – you know, even like had the right idea, like in the betting without market and John Rom won that too. So I just can't escape John Rom 
uh, right now. Like he, he's just winning. Even the markets I think are like a sneaky play. Uh, Rom's just, just winning those too. So it's, it's been a, a little rough, but uh, it's, it's okay. His Rom's round on Saturday. Like I know it's the Mexico open. I know it's an easy course, but like it was just for not winning the, the Mexico open, which he should at plus two fifty or plus 300 or whatever he was. It was just like one of the best rounds <laughs> I've watched this whole year. Just so dialed. And it, it, it was obviously nowhere near as impressive as winning a major or his other wins yeah. this year, but just watching it, it was up there of watching him this year when I was just like, this guy is so fucking good at golf. Yeah. Right I'm I'm like a little bit worried about Solly's prediction that he he could win the Grand Slam this year. Like he's, you know, he's not that far off. I really do think John Rahm has a, a chance to win another major this year. Like I, I don't think that there's any sort of, debate um in anyone's mind like he's gonna be a tough man to beat anytime he tees it up which is not ideal for um golf betting um but you know that's just kind of the state that we are in right now that's just kind of what you're gonna have to um to deal with uh he's currently like seven and a half i was just looking at the pga ads he's like uh seven and a half to one scotty's nine and rory is 10 i think that's a a a decent transition into to wells this week because the favorite rory mcelroy um three-time winner at this event wins every time he tees it up on you know a foz like i it sounds dumb but like i really think that like I could just as easily see Rory missing the cut this week as I can see him winning this week. And I think people want to bet Rory at the PGA championship. And it's like, I think there was a decent case to be made that taking the 10 to one right now um, isn't a bad move at all, in my opinion, because this, if he even sniffs contention and finishes in the top five, which he seems to do here in his sleep, his odds are just going to be slashed again for the PGA championship. So it's just a little bit interesting to me. Uh, Rory's PGA odds right now. I think he could do anything this week. He could win by 25 shots or he could miss the cut by 25 shots. And I don't remember the exact number. It's something like 30 something consecutive majors that he has not won. Yeah. And like, I just, I said this before the, the Masters, you, like I'm not making this up, the texts are there that I would have priced him at 20 to one at the Masters. And I just think like, yeah, the PJ is going to be a great setup for him. I know his history there. He like is a member there, plays there all the time or, or something along those lines. And I I would already say I'm out and there's nothing that he's going to do <laughs> this week to like uh, change my opinion on that. Like yeah. him in the majors at this point for me, is like, I got to see it. I'll be happy when it happens. Yeah. It'll be cool, but like, I'm not going to be on board. Yeah. I, I know we, we were talking um, before. Like, I am, I do not come on my pod and say, like, I think the favorite's going to win. Like, I have self respect. Like, you know, like, I, I don't say those things, but I'm really scared of Rory McElroy this week um, at, you know, seven to one, eight to one, whatever you could get him at. Um, I just look at what he's done in the past two years coming into events where people think he sucks and he, he just wins like after the Ryder cup, like had a horrible performance 20 to one at the CJ cup. Um, another Foz goes out and wins 
um, the year before that, he miscut at the Masters. Like, exact same situation as this year and goes out and wins the Wells Fargo. So I do not – I actually usually come on my pod and, like, guarantee that Scotty's not going to win the Masters. Great call by me, by the way. But I'm scared of Rory because for the fact that he always scares me when people think he sucks and they're out on him. I know you're not as high on him um, this week, but I, I just want to put it out there. Um, I, I I really do think uh, Rory is is like very much so very live to win uh, this tournament, and I wouldn't be surprised if at all if he did it. Yeah, and I'll and I'll back you up on the fact that you do usually say the favorite has no chance of winning, and you and you yeah. do usually not come on the pod and and yeah. say like, oh, that guy could win. So yeah. I, I in fact, it, it makes me a little bit more concerned hearing your uh, level of concern about it. That being said, because if you say he's not going to win, your track record of guys not winning is pretty good. It, it'd make me feel a little bit more comfortable. Except for Corey at um. You said, Corey Lair, I said he can't win. So that was that was a tough one to swallow there. But other than that, it's it's decent. And I I think the thing with Rory is you look at the the wins that he's had here, all of them have been solid putting performances. Like he's gonna show up here and gain ball striking almost guaranteed. Like it would be shocking if he didn't yep. gain solidly with his ball striking. But even doing that, he does that pretty much every single time he tees it up here all of his wins have still been on the back of reasonably solid putting efforts. This isn't like a course where he's showing up and just dominating T to green and winning, losing strokes putting. Like yeah. even when he wins it, there's success with the putter and he has been struggling with the putter recently, but again, he's overcome that at this course. He showed up, I think it was maybe the uh, 2015 win. Like he wasn't putting well coming in that week, showed up and, and gained on these greens. So he loves these greens. He can overcome that. It's just, there's the additional, piece of uncertainty this week i think of yep. just like why he skipped rbc and then he's not on the interview schedule which is kind of interesting because you just historically when there has been something rory needs to talk about or like there's questions for rory he he's i can't think of a time where he hasn't done a press conference and so now we're you know getting into the realm where outside of like the stats which is where i like to operate and you know it's all we're just guessing but i was genuinely surprised to see him not on the interview schedule this week what was your thoughts about that yeah i mean he he did like a quick interview with like todd lewis and i think he he said what i think people expected him to say was that he just needed some time off and he was going through a lot and he just wasn't right mentally so he skipped um the rbc which i am totally on board with like i really have no like problem with that i think if it was any other golfer there would be no controversy but i just think the the way he's carried himself since live. Like, I just think it's a little bit tough where he's kind of the one championing all this, but at the same time, like he was penalized. It wasn't like there's, you know, no repercussions for what happened. So I, I do like that aspect of it. Um, you know, he's going to be a hard man to beat this week. And I really do think that any sort of form, like they're just going to slash, um, his odds this week. And I, I really don't see a world in which um, I, I I don't see him finishing T30. Like I think most people would, would agree with that. He's either going to contend or he's just like going to miss the cut. So it, it will be interesting um, to see next guy, the consensus favorite other than the big three uh, this week is Patrick Cantley. 
Uh, he's been playing unbelievable golf. I know you like him this week. Um, what is the case for Cantley? He, he's a he's a big topic of conversation in, in our group chat. So I'm, I'm curious to see what made you pull the trigger on uh, Patty Ice this week. So I would say there's nothing statistically that I could say about Cantley that will really tell the story. Like everybody knows that Cantley has been playing great golf. He drives the ball really straight and really far, and he's driving it better than he ever has before. And like these type of venues have a similar feel to some of the BMW venues where it's just kind of massive courses, tee it up, hit it as far as you can, big greens uh, and, and roll in putts. And that has been the part over these last uh, few weeks that's been holding him back. Obviously he hasn't quite had those spike putting performances that he has had um, previously, but he was, I think seventh in the field in putting at RBC. Um, and he's tended, like if you look at his track record, when he gets a gun with the putter, he tends to like it, kind of kicks off a run where yep. he plays reasonably well. So that stuff, I think everybody knows, and I'm excited about that. But, like, this is dead serious. I've, for a long time, disliked his caddy partnership. Like, the, he the, – everybody knows, obviously, how slow he plays. And one of the reasons he plays so slow is because he's, like, thinking about so much shit and talking about so much stuff. And, like, the, we've heard him doing it. He's like, there's lots of stuff going on in the mind of Patrick Cantlay. And again, this is from my outside perspective. If you just watch his caddy, just kind of stands there and you know listens to it, just takes it all in and can't like kind of does whatever the fuck he wants. Getting a caddy on the bag like Lacava, who's caddied for Tiger and other great players, who can really kind of help direct him in his his efforts. I'm excited about that. And I was on the fence about him this week, and I'm not going to lie that that change genuinely yeah. had an impact on my thinking about his. Uh, chances this week because I really do like the partnership and we've seen you know somewhat yeah. recently a guy like Zal- you know Zalatoris at the FedEx we've seen those uh, those things have a legitimate impact and so um, that's uh, I'm, I'm excited about that both this week and going forward I, I think that changes the narrative on Cantlay in the majors the rest of this season as well yeah I, I mean I tweeted it I was like this is massive like this yeah. is like not this is like a massive deal like you don't, and that was like, like I remember randomly like Google searching Cantley's caddy because I'm like, who is this guy? Like, no one knows who he is. He's been on the bag for a really, really long time. Like, they had a really long partnership. So to just kind of get rid of a guy, um, like that, and then get Tiger's old caddy, like that's a really big story in like kind of the world of like golfers and caddies. So I got a DM before um from someone and i'm not going to say i i did all this work but um you know this is just what i am seeing chef scheffler's first round with ted scott he shot a 63 at the rsm classic uh rom with hayes shot minus six in round one of the fortnet with an ace and a top 10 finish in 2016 Tom Kim and Joe Scav, uh, they, they fucked at the President's Cup, and then <laughs> yeah. Tom Kim won yep. at the Shriners. Um, Cam Young to Sorry, he shot a front nine twenty-nine in match play. And Joel's and then Willsey obviously won at Memphis with and I um, think Cam Young had a new caddy, a different new caddy <laughs> at uh St. Andrews. I think that was a, a new caddy as well. <laughs> Okay, I mean, yeah. can't, like, I'm not going to bet a first-round first leader. leader it's too, it's the... too short for me to bet first-round leader. And there's no – Cantley's not a first-round leader guy. 
Tell I can't. When has Cantley ever been first round leader? He's never been first round leader. I can't remember a single time. I think Cantley's a great bet. Um, I I'm not betting it, but I think it's a good bet, and I think that the new caddy is definitely reason to um, put you over the edge, and I think that's a good bet. Um, Fino, we're out on. He's not winning. Easiest cross off of all time. Like that's an easy one. Um, Xander, I think Xander's kind of in the range of. I mean, 70 to one, not horrible, but in the range of makes all the sense in the world, playing unbelievable golf, no faults in his game. This should be a great course for him. But I just think that with all the options in the 20s, that people are just not going to bet Xander because he is below 20 to one and you could get your favorite golfers at much better prices. So I'm for that reason out on Xander. I'm not betting Xander. Um, he's playing unbelievable. I think he fits into the bucket of. A, there's, there's so – it's crazy what Sc- Scotty and Rom have done because this entire field is playing unbelievable golf with no wins, like barring a few people. Cantley, Xander, Young, Spieth, Hovland, Morikawa. All those guys are playing unbelievable golf but without the wins. So I think that a lot of people just kind of want to chase that, but there's a great case to be made for really all of those guys. Let's let's do uh, of the guys who just listed. Yeah, uh, uh, most likely, who's not winning the most? Of, I can't remember exactly the place you just listed, but let's list them off again, and uh, you can start with Colin. Who, okay, who is not winning the most? So I'll go Colin as not winning the most out of those three. Xander second, and then I already I, I bet cam young and i'm debating between spieth or hoblin so i can't give a, a fair read but definitely xander and colin are not winning out of that group and the next three probably won't win either but i give them a little bit of shot do you, do you have a ranking out of those five i think i i pretty much agree with with that like gave colin basically no look this week like when you look at the things that matter here distance and putting those are not what he does well. <laughs> so yeah, sure he could play well. I and mean, we know Colin can pop, but it was a pass for me. Xander, yeah. I, with still not driving it <laughs> as well as he's like been over the sense the back injury, like he's not driving well. So I kind of passed on him. The rest of them, Cam, Speed, and Hovland. I gave yeah. the closest. I was really close on both Cam and Speed. I would say it wasn't that close on Vic purely on the can Vic win a big event uh, vibe was, was my pass on Vic, nothing in the, uh, the stats really, but Spieth, as you know, is a tough one for me. Yeah. Why, why do you want Spieth? Because I, I have to make a decision, Spieth or Hovland. I'm going to bet one of those guys at 20 to one. You have bet Spieth twice um, this year and he easily could have had two wins. Um, and you know, everyone knows that that bets on golf when you're in that kind of situation and you're betting on a guy and he's close, you can't miss the win, but you feel comfortable not betting Jordan this week. So what is the case against Jordan? It's, it's, it's honestly less a case against Jordan and more that like I couldn't, or I didn't want to bet both Cantley and Spieth and I felt yeah. better about, about Cantley. I definitely am terrified of missing Adam Spieth's win. Like RBC yeah. was not the worst 
loss I've ever had, <laughs> but like certainly... not even the worst loss you ever had at the RPC. <laughs> no, I don't think it was when he was chipping towards the water on uh, 14. I was like, it's, it's in the water for sure. Two years in a row. Then Cantley chipped in the water and, and still didn't work out for speed, but yeah, that would be awful, but I've come to terms that it, that it could happen and I've accepted it. And my reasoning for not quite pulling the trigger is I still think driving the ball to course like this, he has the distance. Like I'm not worried about his distance. Yeah. There's other players like Canley, for example, who are just driving it longer and straighter than he is. And he's doing yep. a lot of the work with his short game. Um, and historically winners here have done the work off the tee and with the putter and he's putting better for sure. Like he putted better at RBC. RBC was one of his best putting events in a while. And, and that is a course where like solid putting can translate to a place like Wells Fargo. We've seen that plenty of times, but you really need a spike putting week here. Like pl- most of the winners have gained seven, eight strokes. Yeah. Putting. It's, it's crazy. He it hasn't really had is. a putting performance like that in a couple of years. And so he could do it. I just could, when you combine the driving with the putting, I was able to say to myself, like, yep. I'm not going to do it. And I have, a, I feel good about my reasoning for it. And if it happens, like I was just yeah. wrong about like, yeah, it, it's, it's not like you were between like Jordan and Colin or something. It was between yeah. Jordan or can't lay for you. And I think for what you're putting an emphasis on this week, I think it totally makes sense. I, I bet Cam Young, I got a 25 to one on a local, um, but I, 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 no one cares, but I can only get $50 down on it um, only to win like 1200. So the rest will be on 20 to one. So like, do I post it at 20 to one or 25? Let me know in the comments. It doesn't matter. Um, whatever you guys think um, is right. I bet Cam Young for the pure reason that the guy should have a win by now and he's going to win an event soon. And this is kind of the spot for him that I've been eyeing and everyone has been eyeing just with the way distance is so important here and how far he hits it off the tee. Um, I really do work again, no confidence in my picks. The reason I think Cam Young is a horrible putter is literally because of the President's Cup. Like, it was literally watching him at the President's Cup and being like, holy fuck, this guy can't make a four-footer for his life. Like, he literally couldn't. And now he's coming back here, and you have to gain all these strokes putting. I don't feel great about it. I really don't. But it's a true just, like, I can't miss out, and I have to bet him. But I... I'm totally prepared for him missing every four footer this week. Like I am more than prepared because I don't think that the president's cup was like a fluke. Like I, there was probably something to these greens. Now they are different in September versus fucking may, like whatever. But I do think that like ball striking, there's no reason he can't contend. And I do think I like the fact that, you know, it's going to be a little bit higher scoring and he doesn't have to make a zillion birdies, but he still has the ability to. So I'm willing to take the chance that he can maybe gain three strokes putting and gain like 15 strokes ball striking and just win. But I, I'm, I'm fine on Cam. I know you're a little bit upset with the number. Yes, I would say like honestly, and I, I think this will make you feel somewhat good in the sense that I have more FOMO on Cam Young than I do on Spieth. And that's with like having two terrible losses with Spieth this year. Like I will feel worse if Cam Young wins than if Spieth wins because Cam Young is such an obvious play. Like it makes all the sense in the world. 
minus the putting part. Minus and I just couldn't get over, like, you know how I am with numbers. Like, I couldn't see four straight winners here with huge spike putting weeks, no matter how good they drive the ball yeah. and pull the trigger on him at 20 to one. And that's why I texted. I wish the books had the integrity to make camp 30 to one where he belongs. And I would, I would have been down at 30 to one, but there you're getting no discount basically at the current price for the fact that he'd have to have the best putting week of his career, most likely. <laughs> and that can hit. And like, that is fine. That's just usually not the type of like bet that I play since, but I will be disappointed if he wins. Cause like, anyone with a brain says Cam Young should yeah. play great at Wells Fargo. Yeah, yeah I, I really do think that he, he will play well, and I'm willing to take a shot um, on him. And, you know, I'm not one to be like, oh, I really – like, I, I think he's fine at the PGA. Like, it makes sense at the PGA as well. Um, I think if you get – like, I know Jeff has been uh, big on it. Like, if you're going to bet him at the PGA, like, bet him this week. Just kind of have that insurance. He's not going to win both. So, you might as well see Hovland. Like – he again, he makes all the sense in the world. Um, I just I don't know. I mean, I think it's a very similar to a Cam Young situation where it's like it makes all the sense in the entire world. He finished third in his only appearance here. Um, he has been contending more um than a lot of golfers on tour. He's a better course fit than Spieth. Um, I think the only thing is that he can't win big events and he doesn't show up in big events. And I, not that he doesn't show up, he doesn't win big events. So I think he's a better course fit than Speed. So I'm leaning towards Hovland um, between those two, but I got to make a decision on that. Like, I think also Speed, again, this isn't a good course fit. And I think that that's why no one had any thought of him playing well, President's Cup. But I don't know if he can basically should have won Bay Hill, like why he can't do it here like I, I think that he has shown that he can do it on long um difficult courses but next group Colin me really quick yeah about yeah because I, I wasn't I didn't have anywhere to Vic Lap Cantlay getting a new caddy even though like deep down inside I've, I've felt that way for a long time I want it on TIB here on the record so we can clip this in the future that I want a new caddy for Victor Hovland new caddy for Victor Hovland he wins. he's a major champion that I want that. I want that. Uh, I love so. it. I, I, I agree with you. Um, I don't like his caddy either. Colin JT fits Sanjay. I don't think any of these guys are winning this week. None of these guys do it for me. I, the thing with Sanjay tracker, it's like, it's friendly banter. It's like not a real thing. Like I have, I'm chill with the guy. Um, I think multiple people run the account and like, there's like one guy that like, comes at me because i like i didn't go to dm him but i just looked because i knew we dm before and he was like yo i'm sorry about that like someone else like was oh, running it at shit. the time so there's some like you know there's some stuff going on no beef to sanjay he's an amazing golfer he's an extremely consistent golfer i'm sure i'll finish t7 this week i just don't think he's been contending enough to win fits absolutely not winning and colin and jt easy pass on those guys for me um right. so that that group I, I'm, I'm good with yeah, I'm good too. I would say purely on course fit. I actually like fits. It's, yeah, again, he's a great he, hits it, he drives it great and he puts, but he only wins at courses where there's like a magical backstory. Yeah. To hit yeah that. He so now. unless he's like camped nearby at Wells Fargo before, we don't have the narrative. Yeah. Uh, for that. But if I, I hear think, like after if after Friday yeah. that there's some backstory that we didn't know about about him and uh, Charlotte, North Carolina, Charlotte, North Carolina, I will be disappointed because yeah. we need 
to build that into the models with yeah. Fitz. But if there's a now, backstory, that's huge. He's on the card. Yeah, I didn't get to talk about Fitz. Um, I him winning RBC, like I just it made sense. I just he was really bad, and then he had one good start, and then he won. Um, that's kind of tough to to predict, but I know a lot of people were on it. Day. I'm finally giving up on him and I don't have any sort of like, Oh, like he's going to fuck me. Like, I don't think he's capable of winning. I don't think he's going to win. Um, he's not going to win. I'm not paying 30 to one for him. Um, no beef to anyone that bets him. Um, I'm just done with Jason day. And I really have no fear of, of kind of missing out there. Yeah. I'm, I'm good on day as well. he, gained infinity strokes putting when he won here he was on a crazy putting hot streak when he won here he's putting okay but nowhere near that so i agree it was a uh it was a pass for me so you've been talking about this guy for quite some time um i you know i'm lucky enough to to have bet him top point score at the president's cup so you know, we, I'm, I'm like, I've thought of Burns here before, but he's your guy. He's your pick. He's the winner this week in your mind. Um, driver putter makes all the sense in the world. What is the case for Sammy B your guy? Yeah, he, he, he really is my guy. I think he's won two of the last three times that I've bet him. So we, we have a, a great track record together. He is without a doubt, my favorite golfer simply from how profitable he has been versus every other golfer that I've ever bet. And yeah, when you, my goal this week is to find guys who have great carry distance and and put the ball well and can get hot on Bermuda greens and that's Sam Burns. And then you see him, he comes out at 35 to one and he's won 12% of his tour starts over the last two years. And, you know, 35 to one gets him like 3% chance to win. That's the Sam Burns story. And that's what he does. Like he, for whatever reason, no matter how successful he's been, is it winning golf tournaments? He doesn't get priced like a guy who has the track record of winning that he does. That's why he's my favorite golfer to bet. That's why for a long time he was an auto bet for me above like twenty-five to one. He's kind of struggled earlier in the year, and I had to to back off my auto bet burn strategy. And now I've been a little bit more strategic about where I want to target him. Um, and this has been a spot that after match play, I was like, all right, where's what's next for Sammy V? Like, Wells Fargo makes sense. And so been looking forward to it. And uh, hopefully he, if, I mean, if he, if he <laughs> wins again, like I'm, he, you're enrolling well, in this church in Louisiana. Yeah. Like what, like he, he becomes one of my favorite people in the world, like family included, like doesn't even matter. So I'm optimistic for his chances this week, but even if he misses the cut, no hard feelings. No beef. No, no beef. beef. Well, these are the places no you play. Sammy B yeah. doesn't work out here. We'll probably back on board to like Colonial or, or something yeah. like that. I'm down. You love betting your repeat winner, so I'm sure you'll be on him at uh, Colonial. I, I bet Sam Burns. I bet him at 33 to 1. You convinced me. Uh, driver putter makes all the sense in the world. He's won two starts, you know, within months of each other before. Um, so I'm all in. I, I, I think he's, he's one of the best course fits this week. And he's at a great number, which I don't think you can say about a lot of people. Ricky, he'll finish top 10, uh, boys with the Ricky tracker. I hope he plays well. Uh, I'll probably play him in DraftKings um, in my one lineup. Uh, he's 40 to one. I don't, you know, particularly think that's that egregious of a number, 
but I'm definitely not betting him. Um, I was on this guy at RBC at 80 to one. Uh, he's your guy kind of, I guess, like you kind of fell in love with him at the travelers. Um, you bet Thieg's this week at 50 to one. I don't, I don't get the course fit, like no beef, but what is your case for Thieg's this week? I would like, there's a difference of him being my guy versus Sammy B. I just want to get that on record. Like yes, Sammy B is like the gala because like, he waves at people. Like, oh, I, like I hit Sam B. Like I've got a great sense of like when he's going to play well, I, I love him for that reason. Teague's is just fun to watch golf. Like that is why I, I like him. Um, but yeah, he's a player that has the distance off the tee again, can spike with the putter can spike on the approach play too. You look at his results yeah. at, um, you know, we have a new thing on the, uh, the site, check out siphonsericks.com uh, that shows like where top players who have finished top 10 in a course, like what other courses do they finish top 10 at? And, and some of the courses that rise up towards the top of those lists are places like farmers, travelers, API, place like that. He fucked on approach <laughs> at like most of those places. So he has the right, like, skill set to play here i think the course fit is there and then just like purely strokes gain narrative similar with cam young but now like we get him at double the price this is a place where like young talented golfers who are, are going to become bigger names have broken out we got rory's first win here we got ricky's first win here we got max's first win here a guy like a cam young or a teague's kind of getting their first yeah. win in a, a meaningful yeah. event this week i think is certainly possible and for me it was just like okay Tiggs is a better putter than cam he's more he has more upside on approach he's unbelievable short game like they're they're kind of the same likelihood to win for me this week yeah and so just it was i felt better with uh with team Tiggs. and like you said i really like him so i would love yeah. to be involved with his first yeah. win and he needs to get a win to go up one to 0.5 over uh <laughs> PJ Tour wins against Davis Riley. Yeah, um, all, all those things I I understand. Um, I I like Thieg's. I'm hashtag Team Thieg's. Like he's a good guy, um, and I I wish you the best. I, I'm curious. I hope it's this week for you. Uh, he needs you, a win. You were on him. Like, do you have concern if he wins? Are you going to be upset after being on? No, him? and he played pretty good at RBC. You're no, fine. I You're wouldn't. Good. I wouldn't be because I. I just. I don't think it's a. It's a these course. But what do you in this. Uh, in this range, and honestly, I don't know who you've bet in this range. But a guy that I was pretty interested in this week, still interested in him a little bit. Tyrrell Hatton, I think Hatton is is live this week. What do you What do you think about Tyrrell? But like, yeah. No, I think he peaked. I think he, he would. I think he would have gotten his win. I, I don't think he he's gonna win. I think that he peaked. I think he peaked at 18 of the Players Championship, and <laughs> so like sad. that's it. Like that was <laughs> that, that was like that like Lowry peaked when like he got up and down on like hole 10 at the RBC, and mm -hmm. it's just like from down from there. He <laughs> he just he bad. just missed his chance. So I'll, I'm I'm good on that. Um, this kind of range, like I, I don't I like I really like Keegan. Anytime it's a long, difficult golf course, I'm going to eye Keegan. Uh, I'm going to play him at DraftKings. First-round leader, like easy, easy money. I'm not going to bet him because he's most likely not going to win. Might, might toss a top 20 on him. Might you bet still 10. feel good about him at the PGA? Are we still? Oh, 
Fuck. Are we still good there? I forgot about that. Um, yeah, I have a hundred to one at the PGA. I, I think you probably get that right now. I don't even think. <laughs> but I have it with the each way. No, Keegan. I hope you missed the cut. Actually, we are going. We. I hope you missed the cut. I don't. I want no kind of pressure on him to perform well at Oak Hill because he's going to play well at Oak Hill. Certainly, yeah. like there's no doubt about it. So I'd like to see some form, but we'll see. I'm okay with it. Um, you bet, Taylor Moore. This week, 80 to one, um, hashtag not a good course fit. Um, if you know, you know, um, tell them more long, difficult Bermuda golf courses. Um, do, are you factoring in his political views to the pick? I know North Carolina was a red state, um, in 2020. Is there any kind of factoring in there, um, for Taylor Moore? Did not. Uh, factor that into the models I, okay. I will admit but that it's it's a fair point <laughs> i what i want to say about taylor moore is i'm considering him potentially as the next sam burns i want to like obviously we've got the valspar win check the box right there step one look at his skill set good driver distance excellent putter excellent putter on bermuda so i think i've kind of gotten to the point where and i was very disappointed to leave him off the card at valspar like i gave him a, a strong yeah. look there Did total bad beat bad beat horrible beat bad beat. <laughs> and so basically going forward now that i've like done this connection yeah. and house, they're also both from like random ass southern states yeah random no ass southern states exactly. super religious probably I think Burns has played golf with Trump. So like they, they kind of like all go together. So due to that, if I've got Sam B in my mind as a good play, I just now have to fall. Like they basically are a tandem. Now they go together. Yeah. So when it's Sammy B week, it's also Taylor Moore week and vice versa. Um, so yeah, I, I, I like him this week and I was surprised at his odds. I thought they were completely, uh, fair like they're generous i would say on him yeah I, like i expect him to be like 40 50 to one honestly with how he's been playing lately plus his win plus like what he does well um i like the price on taylor more love it i'll bet him first round later yeah um, that's probably a better play i'm, down. I'm, down, for, I'm down for a first round later gotta see the tea time um and everything really, i haven't i haven't really the fun. the weather looks pretty totally fine totally um valid like pretty normal um so, um, the only other person I bet I wrote him up early in the week, um, that he was like my Sunday night play. He's my guy officially. Like there's no doubt, um, about it. I bet Hayden Buckley, I bet him at one thirty to one. You can get him at one eighty, but I wanted the each way on him. Hayden Buckley's going to play well this week. There's no doubt in my mind, um, about it. This is an excellent course for him. Uh, I think he's like top five in shark scan off the tee in this field. Um, which is really impressive for a guy like him. Um, and he's playing really good golf. Two straight top tens. Played well at um, the Valero. I was on him. No big deal. Um, and then he played really well at RBC, which, again, I don't think is a course that is absolutely perfect for him. He's a talented golfer. Um, he almost won a PGA Tour event this year. Um, he's had a lot of good results. Top 20 at the U.S. Open. Hayden Buck is going to fuck this week. 
um, placement top 10 first round leader. Like I just, I, I feel it with Hayden this week. Uh, he's going to play well. So I'm, yeah. I'm looking forward to Hayden. I like it. And, and he's in a lot of ways, a similar like level of golfer of Taylor Moore. And that like, if yeah. he had won Sony, they'd both have one win at like a not terrible event, but not yeah. solid event. Some good results. The type of player who can play well against these type of fields. I'm down. And again, uh, Willie G and Bram, they're both play well. Um, I, I just think that they're playing decent golf. Will Gordon, great call last week. He, he played great. He led the field in driving distance. Um, didn't every know he... hole, he was like <laughs> dead. Like, yeah, no, was, like, on the tracker, it was like every hole, like 350, dead down yeah. the center. Yeah, that was pretty dope. Yeah, no, I I mean, Jer's run about Willie G. I'm, I'm playing DraftKings this week. Like, we got like maybe like a Ricky, Will G., um Taylor Moore, like War, like yeah, we're gonna play some DFS um this week, even though I have no money. Um, we're gonna do it. So I think that does it for Wells. We gave our guys that we like. There is a DP World Tour event this week, the Italian Open at the Rome course. I wish that it was um at better time. I love watching um the DP. I got back from the bar like two uh last Saturday, put it on, was watching for a little bit. Um was pretty enjoyable. Um, what, like, what is this course like? Like, who, who are the guys to kind of target? Who does this favor? Is this a short plotters? Is this a bombers course? Is this a birdie fest? Is this a mid scoring event? Like, what is your read on Marco Simone golf course? Yeah, it's actually I would say very similar to Quail. Like, they okay. have a lot of the same characteristics. The winners they've played two Italian Opens there, both of them in the fall, like later in the season, which is when it usually is, okay. but because of the Ryder Cup, they, they moved it. And the winners, the first year was Nikolai, which obviously we know he does. It's a really far. That's why he's the favorite. Yeah, that's why he's the favorite. And that was the guy that played in Mexico last week. That was the Hoy guard that played in Mexico last okay, week, yeah. Cool. So he, he obviously hits it far, and he's got a reasonably solid short game. Like it ebbs and flows, but he's, he's not terrible around the greens in putting. And then last year was Bobby Mack, who also hits it reasonably far and has a solid short game. And then the other thing that's interesting is like, as you know, on the DP, random dudes pop up on like a weekly basis and you get all sorts of crazy stuff going on. The two years that have been here, the runners up have been Fleetwood, Moronk and Fitzpatrick. So like the solid players have played yeah. well at this course. And it's because it's set up obviously for the Ryder Cup. Like this is a legit venue. It's pretty wide off the tee, um, but it's long, and the greens are reasonably What is large. the yardage? What is the? I genuinely don't know okay. what the exact. Okay. Exact. Like, honestly, on the DP, like we get meters involved in shit. Like a lot of the times, like, I'm not like, even gonna. I'm not looking. I'm not it's, even gonna it's, try. It's tough. So, okay. but yeah, so big hitters have played well here, but you also got to have a short game because, like, if you miss these greens, they're they're tough. So. Okay. Which is interesting, like not just in the context of this week at the Italian Open and like the and betting on it. But what's interesting to me is like Europe won the last Ryder Cup in, in Europe, obviously, at uh Le Golf National, which is a plotter's course to the extreme, yes. like yeah. point and like very, very much a plotter's course. And so it's interesting to me that this is the venue for the Ryder cup. Like I don't see how they set it up in a way that doesn't play into the hands of like what 
team like it it is in some ways like a whistling straight type of golf course in that the, gotcha. it's got those like characteristics so so it would be like trying to turn like quail or whistling into a short plotters yeah or like how yeah not just short plotters but like how do you emphasize the driving accuracy that like eliminates the distance gotcha. uh, for the u.s so like it'll be interesting to see this week because i assume what they're gonna do is set it up as close as possible to what they kind of want it to be for the Ryder Cup because it allows them to like test it out and see, you know, how players play um, in those conditions. So my opinion could change, obviously, on how they play this week. But you just look at the winners here and it, and it seems like those are the type of guys that, uh, A, we want to bet at the Italian Open and B, benefits the U.S. at the Ryder Cup. So we're going two different directions at the very top. Uh, you said it last week and um, you were just like, you screenshotted the guys 30 to below and you were just like, one of these guys is winning uh, that almost like looked good. Like for like, you know, thir- set Friday night, like was counting my money. Um, do you feel the same way this week? Other than like, do you like, I, I feel like, in the DP, you should just bet good golfers because I just feel like good golfers win. Like, uh, no, nah, that's not even a take. I'm not even going to, like, kind of die on that take. But, like, I feel more – I feel better. Like, you're way easier to get a sweat out of a guy 30 to 1 below than you are on the PGA Tour. Oh, for sure. Yeah, like, okay. if you – if you let's use Wells Fargo like an example. If you bet three guys in the 20s this week in Wells Fargo, there's a good chance that none of them even come close to winning. Yeah. If you bet three guys on the DP and you like have any knowledge of like what you're doing, you're gonna have a guy who like going into Sunday has a legitimate chance. I would, <laughs> yeah, like, no, I, that's I, valid. Like, that I would. and so for this week, and usually it's kind of nice because like if a guy comes over from the PGA Tour, like if Fleetwood shows up, I love when Fleetwood shows up on the DP because he's probably it's not gonna not. win and he's yeah. gonna be priced at like ten to one, which means you get all the other guys like in in the twenties. But this week. There's basically six guys who they've all they've priced them all at twenty to one. So you've got both the Hoygards, Perez, Moronk, Bobby oh, Mack, man. defending champ, and then Rasmus. Yeah, so Rasmus Nikolai, and then Jordan Smith is like on the cusp, and that guy we we're not going to talk about. It. But so you kind of have to either pick one of two of those guys and call that your card, or get you one and then that. like go a little bit further down the board into into the high 20s or 30s where there's still like again guys who will give you a sweat for sure but of those guys at the top for me it was a throwaway on rasmus because he just like he was injured and he's played a couple dp events since then hasn't been sharp and uh smith just like i can't bet smith anymore and so but then of those other four guys nikolai bobby mack maronk and uh perez perez all of them have finished first second or third at this course so it's like really yeah Nikolai and Bobby Mack win. Yes. Perez was third last year, I think. And Moronk was second the year before. So like <laughs> you've got the best players and all of them have played great at this course. Got it. Like, it's so hard to know what to do. God damn it. I don't know now because I, I, we're both on George Campillo. We bet George Campillo. Um, the guy won, you know, maybe about a month, month, two ago. Uh, he has a top five at this event. And he's showing up every single week. So I like Campillo. Um, I'm going to bet him. I bet him. I said I was going to bet Vic Perez. Um, he is a winner. He can win uh, DP World Tour events. Like, I, I don't think he's someone that, you know, like, is just going to fold under pressure. He has a third place at this event. 
Um, he's like playing not, he's just playing like normal ass golf. Um, he was kind of the one I liked. I know you're on Morocco. What I, you said driver short game with this guy. Is, is that, is that valid? I like, I, I just think Moronk has like, I mean, his last two wins on DP were the Irish open and the Australian open, not saying like it's in, like he's, it's just cause it's the Italian open, but those are solid wins for like the level of, of tour, but then you've got Perez as well. I think is totally fair. Cause like his win in Abu Dhabi is of that same quality, like on the DP world tour and, and probably a little bit better. I, I have no strong, like to me, it's picking between like one guy who I think is 26% and then I've got 25%, 25%, 24%. Like it is tough. And what I would recommend if people want to bet the DP this week, cause they yeah, want you should. To, it's the Ryder cup course. Like it's, it is a cool course to watch. Like it's going to be a good tournament to take in on Sunday morning. And they're finally back in Europe. Like they've been playing in Asia. So it's really hard to watch. Like this will be on, they'll probably be finishing up on Sunday, like 10 AM. Like this is going to be, Oh really? It's yeah, better. Yeah. yeah. It's better time zones. Yeah, we're back in, it's like six hours ahead or something like that. Okay, sure. we'll So they're going to be finishing up like in, in the morning, just pick two of the guys Yeah. at 20 to one. Like, I'm not going to tell you which ones to pick because it's literally you could pick any of the four and they'll probably be in the mix. I would be surprised if like at least a couple of them aren't seriously in the mix down the stretch um, based on, like I said, they're the best players in the field and they've all played good at this course. Um, what, why I know I didn't convince you on Campia. So what, what, what made you, what made you play Campia? I can't like, <laughs> he's not going to win. Like I'm okay. like, okay. I'm, I'm down for Campio. <laughs> like and, he'll top five yeah like he has been this stretch that he's on like the last four weeks he's been like top 10 every week and he got that win at the kenya open is the best he's ever played like this is the best <laughs> stretch of golf of his career so like purely from the fact that we know those things come to an end and like it's when you finally jump on board that like things go wrong i almost bet him last week because i was like damn he's playing the best golf he's ever played like <laughs> Maybe it carries over here. Didn't bet him. He was never really that close to winning, yeah. but he finished tied for third again. So now I'm like, I'm down to get on board, <laughs> but it just feels like when reality strikes on him and I'm going to regret not just picking two of the guys at 21, but it's so, it allows you to like open up the card and bet more guys by going with Campio and he can win. He's won like four yeah. times in the DP World Series. Playing great. So like he's closer to the 20 to one guys than he right is priced at 35 to one. So that's why I'm down for There's it. There's value but, there. It's no. plus EV. Like Campio's yeah, plus, EV, plus but I, EV. Okay. But um, I want to be clear to the listeners that like if you are, want to lock in a sweat for the DP this week, Campio could fuck you. Like just be okay. on the lookout for that. <laughs> um, I I think I have to back Guido just because one time um Jared said Yeah, like one time like people think I'm Italian, like I've gotten that before. So like I kind of have a little bit of like a nationality um connection to him. And like one time I was like, Oh, I think I'm gonna back Guido this week. Um and then Jarris was like, I'll give you a hundred to one on him, he's not gonna win. And he was like leading after fifty-four holes. So I, I can't miss out. I got to say on that, that <laughs> it, I was genuinely nervous. I was rooting against Guido solely because I was worried about what would happen in the group chat. If Jers had to pay you out a hundred to one winner. 
or what even was going to happen. So that was an eventful, eventful week for the group chat. Yeah. He's your guy now. What I was surprised was, I like obviously everybody knows Guido at Tori, and it was Tori, right? That he was was he fourth or something crazy? He was yeah, fourth. I think he played well at, at the U.S. Open. He was fourth in the U.S. Open, and I think it was Tori. The yeah. last year, he was T fourteen. Like this dude, or the year before, he like he has two top twenty U.S. Open <laughs> finishes, like that. For a guy who is literally on most weeks on the DP World Tour, like a hundred to one, like like last week in Korea, that's not like that's like being three hundred to one on the PGA Tour. Yeah, at least like it makes it's insane that he has two quality U.S. Open finishes, and like he won the French Open, and he tends to just like when it's a big tournament, he just like he's he just shows, and it's up. a fucking Italian Open. Yeah, so it's like it's. It's as big as it gets for Guido. Like, I can't imagine. Besides, like, winning a major, I've got to think that winning the Italian Open at the Ryder Cup venue is in as important of an event as he'll play the whole year. Shot 63 in the final round in Korea. Like, you know. That was tough course, was, too. Yeah. You know, he was like, let me like, get it dialed for, for Italy. So, yeah, I like Guido. But he's very likely to also miss the cut and shoot like 80 in both rounds. But that's what, what, is, what is the uh, PGA tour count for Guido? So we need a guy who's that's won a couple cool. times and shows up in, in majors. He's, He's one. He has two DP wins. Yeah. Oh, and were that big prices? I don't know what he was. I think at the French opening, it was probably like, yeah, sixties or seventies, okay. but like, he just misses so many cuts and is like so inconsistent that like I don't even know how many top five finishes. He, he, he's like Kurt, Chris, uh, Kurt Kitayama. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That actually is a solid. Fuck comp. yeah, yeah. Because like he can, he's he can one and he's like microwave man. It's either like top five or a miss cut. Yeah, boom. I like it. Love. It. Okay, I'm pretty proud of myself for that one. Now, I'm I'm pretty good. Like I'm we're grinding. Is this the best the DP gets? So that's like I was like I didn't think about it until I was like doing research for both Wells and and Italy, and I was like looking at the DP or the PJ field, and I was like Fleetwood, for example, is someone who you would usually expect to play in this like caliber of event. Like he was in, I think he was in the like last year at the Italian Open. Rory played, Rom played, I think. I don't think Rom played. Rom didn't play, but uh, Fitz played, Fleetwood played, like all the top Europeans were there for the most part. Um, and so they must have thought like, okay, that's the week I'm going to like tune up for the Ryder Cup and I'm not going to play it in May because I guess that does make sense too because it's the conditions of the course. But that led me to like be thinking about it for the DP right now. This is probably... <laughs> the best that it gets like are there are there are there any bigger events coming up like there there'll be the the british masters in a couple weeks or maybe even next week which is usually a solid event but like there's no real events i think that'll draw over like the top european players like what we saw at the um the japan tournament for example like lucas herbert showed up and was like 18 to 1 and pretty it wasn't like he eased a victory one in a playoff but like he was clearly the guy to beat yeah after the first round and so like guys pop up from time to time but i just think it's like without the big names that are on live now this really is like 
the core of the DP. All the guys playing this week is effectively like the core of the DP World Tour, which is not great for the DP World Tour. Yeah, I um, like. Was it better last year, or is this like just kind of it? I would say last year it seemed like, and this could just be my memory being weird, that like it there was more times where guys would like pop, like Fleetwood would pop up, or even like Louis, for example, being in the field. He like there's guys that I can remember because when they're in the field, they're usually like twelve to one or ten to one, and it's always like you know Louis shows up, he's ten to one. You're like, well, this doesn't make any sense, but like it sticks in your mind, and so it might've been a little bit better than last year, but then I, I really do think like losing the core guys like a Westwood or a Sergio yeah. or a Poulter, yeah. like there was enough that on a weekly basis, like one or two of them in a normally, like a little bit bigger tournament would show up. And now yeah. basically like at this tournament without live, you would expect all yeah. the big European players. Yeah. Cause th- like the thing about the DP is that like, like my two best friends, like I consider them casual golf fans. Like, if I showed them the odds board for the DP World Tour, they wouldn't know a single golfer. Like, straight up. they Like, none of these guys are, like, known. Like, unless you, like, follow golf pretty heavily, like, you don't know who they are. So, I think that's got a little bit tough, even though my friends do know who Yannick Paul and Rosner are. Um, we talked about the two events. I'm very happy there's no live golf this week. Like, I can feel good about um only betting on two tours you have some exciting news you have opened up your website to a paying subscription for people that want to join so i know a lot of people that listen to this pod are also a fan of yours obviously so i want to give you the opportunity to kind of pitch your case and um let people know what you're doing yeah for sure and i'll give the pitch and then i don't forget, I want to talk about live quickly. We got to talk Taylor Gooch just because two wins okay. in a row. Like, okay. let's, let's have a quick chat. About okay. That. But yeah, so obviously I've been doing this stuff for a while now and and have wanted to turn it into more of a uh, a business. Like that's why I started doing it in the first place. And so uh, moved a reasonable amount of stuff to paid um, starting this week and have a couple different membership options for both annual and kind of weekly subscribers. But at the same time, trying to make still like, very interesting stuff available for free. Like we put a model builder up there this week across a variety of different timeframes. Like I think there's still plenty of stuff for people on from a free perspective and um, we're just getting started. So like over time, you know, this is going to evolve. And I, my experience in startups tells me that if like, you don't look back in six months, a year and say that like what you were doing both from like your product and strategy a year ago, wasn't terrible. You haven't been moving forward fast enough. So super excited to get started. And you know, I, there was some people who had like pushback about certain things like the pricing and, and whatnot. And I, to those people, if they're listening, like I, I hear you and we're obviously taking everybody's feedback and respect it. Um, and there was so many people who like had so much positive things to say and, and feedback and stuff as well. Like it was, it was super awesome. And so um, we're going to continue to uh, hopefully make things that are, are interesting to people and have a variety of different uh, options for them and super excited um about it and it's uh it was just really cool all the positive feedback and it's also really cool when like you get there's definitely a lot more people who subscribed than were complaining like loudly which is uh always exciting so yeah and and i think that uh people would only be complaining if they really enjoyed your content yeah. and what you you put out so i think you have a, a lot to be proud of um here at tib incorporated uh we support you 
of course, um, you know, we, we gotta we run a we run a tight ship around here, you know, with the layoffs and kind of media lately. There's been a lot of kind of publications and stuff kind of trying to stir up um what's going on at TIB Incorporated. But I just want to make sure shareholders are are clear <laughs> that like we are are all good um here. Um Taylor Gooch, like top ten player in the world. Yeah, like I <laughs> You like Gooch, like you're. I've always liked Gooch because, like, yeah. <laughs> like anyone who has like certain stats that like pop versus most of the rest of the players in the world, I'm always like, I respect that. And Gooch on approach is always been like legit, and you've always expe- been, expected him to like do great stuff. And he's he played solidly in the majors last year. Like he had some solid results. He has the one PGA Tour win. He was one of those guys when he went to live where people are like, hmm, that's kind of like lame. We were yeah, it was weird. Like, yeah, it was like he was on his ascendance of like what he was going to be. And I think people were excited about that. And to win, it's like, we know what it is. It's live. Like people, everybody can have their opinions, but at the same time, like we saw the quality of players at the masters and like to win twice in a row and do it like impressively on, on two different kinds of styles of golf course too. Um, I watched, I'll admit I didn't watch a ton of it, but I watched because I was watching Korea last week. So I turned on live because it was on at the same time, obviously. And like he was battling down the stretch with Brooks and Sergio. And honestly, like it's pretty compelling. It was like a a pretty compelling watch. Like I was watching both the DP and live simultaneously. And of course, there's better players on live. So what I'm saying is yeah, like, li- live is like, live is like crack. Live is yeah. like crack cocaine. And the DP world tour is like weed. Like those broadcasts <laughs> yeah. could not be 100%. more different. Like the DP world tour broadcasts are just like, like people playing golf. And like, there's like some people talking like it's, it's not, it, there couldn't be a more different uh, experience between those two. That's very true. Cause like, I really like the DP most of the time. Cause like, it is great. It's a great watch. Like the announcers are entertaining. Like they're very knowledgeable about golf. It's not like too much like hyperbole and shit. They just kind of called how it is. But, and then obviously, yeah, I think that that's one of the best comparisons I think you could ever possibly <laughs> imagine for those two things. But like, what do we think about Gooch going forward? Like, why wouldn't he be live at the PGA? No, I don't think there's any reason why he wouldn't. I, I think he's probably a better fit at the U.S. Open or like the Open Championship. Yeah. I don't really not basing that off much. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think he he can definitely play well at the PGA. I think there couldn't be a better thing in the entire fucking world for a Greg Norman and Liv than Taylor Gooch contending at the PGA Championship. Like that would literally be the greatest thing in the entire world. What do you for think? Liv if uh... So, like, going into the Masters, people were out on live. I would say that, like, would you agree that the general narrative was, like, these guys suck and, and have no chance for the most part? Like, Yeah, I, and I think most people discounted Brooks's chance. Like, there was the probably the most talk about how Brooks would play, given that he just won and he came and Yeah, he was, so, like, the face and was the one yeah. getting, like... The- so yeah. do you think at the PGA, like, obviously Brooks's future now is, like, crazy low. Do you think it's going to be like a flip where now everybody is like, oh, like live guys are good. Like we're in for live or like, because it's so interesting. Like things flip so crazily. Like people were so out on live and I could easily see now at the PGA, like nobody saying anything about live and being like, yeah, we're, we're all in on, 
Yeah, I mean, I, I I think there are some people that like want to just bet live guys, but I don't really think that there's like value um, on them. Uh, my take on live and how it pertains to golf betting is that Brooks Kepka at 20 to one is a horrible fucking bet. The last three majors that he played in and had a chance to win, he absolutely shit himself on Sunday. I know that this guy has four majors, um, but it has now been three times, and even Beth Page, he just had such a big lead, that he just hasn't been himself on Sunday at majors. I'm sure he'll be there. I just, I don't think Brooks is going to win a major, and at 20 to 1, I think it's ridiculous. Just, again, contending is better than not contending. I'm with you, but he just hasn't been Brooks on Sunday at majors in quite some time. So I couldn't be more out on somebody at, at 20 to 1 uh, for the upcoming PGA. Yeah, I would say so. I've got him at 55 at the u.s open like i don't have yeah. anything on it the PGA, that's so i'll be on the on the sideline for that and the reason was because like at the beginning of the year i felt good that brooks was like on the comeback trail and i was like okay brooks at the u.s open like that's that's number one his of the majors that's where he's best and obviously his pga record is solid too but i agree that like the value that was there at the masters is gone at 20 to 1 but at the same time like there's only a handful of players who can win a major and we know Brooks is can can mix it up at the majors, so there's definitely worse bets that will be placed on. I'll I will play I'll play place worse bets than uh, that. Um, but yeah, I, I just I I think he has no chance. Um, but maybe he could he could have a kind of redemption story and kind of put it together. Um, PGA on... New York vibe, like there's there's a narrative. I don't there. think him like winning at the cock like in long Island, like has any sort of correlation to um, Oak Hill. I mean, I think Beth page and Oak Hill are like, obviously going to be a pretty popular um, comp there. Um, but yeah, I, like I, I'm going to put it out. Oh, we're just, we're, so I'm going to put out um, how many, like Brooks at on Sunday at his last four, at like Beth Page, Harding Park, um, Kiowa, and the Masters, like he's probably made like twenty bogeys and like four birdies in those four rounds. So that is going to be a sick tweet. Um, everyone, just wait um, on that. that you're be... gonna you're gonna be tallying it up, and you're gonna have that ready for us. Yeah, championship and week. then he's gonna be like contending, and everyone's gonna like quote it, and then uh, he's probably gonna win. But yeah, that is um, that's gonna be a good tweet. So. So watch out for that. Uh, appreciate everyone checking in and listening tonight. We'll be back next week for the Byron Nelson. We're having Mr. By Byron Nelson on himself. Jeff McGinnis is coming on. So we're hyped for that. Um, Spieth's winning. Um, Byron. That last, I time, last time I was on was Riv. And I, I think I said something similar at the end of the, that podcast. We what? never even come close to hitting when I'm on the podcast, like I, we've never, we've, we've done tear. Like our players usually suck when I'm uh, Burns almost won hero and champ almost won Mexico. So I think it's a little bit too small. Uh, Ways, I, I, uh, um, 
Yeah, we were we we were we've been horrible at Genesis and BMW. We were yeah. both horrible. Yeah, fifty fifty. So the, yeah, it, it could work out for us this week. <laughs> well, but, big event. But okay, what yeah. I said um, last time I was on here was that you said in this exact same spiel that Jers was coming on for Honda <laughs> last time, and I oh, said geez. to people, tail Jers at Honda because okay. that's his home course. He knows the course, and Jers is going to hit a winner at Honda. I would say the same about Jeff at tpc craig's ranch like right because he's he's yep. tweeting about playing there all the he's like played it a bunch of times a ton of times so i mean yeah kh, KH is is winning a third straight uh what a, what number would but, like but what number would you bet him at kh yeah anything in the, over 100 what you don't think kh will what do you odds do you think his odds will be like fucking 50 to one he was 100 and something last year he was like 80 last year. No, he was like a. I no, Cage is literally going to be like 50 to 1. You think Cage? He's been. What has he done? I, I don't Like, know. I, I can't. You bet him at I, Sony? I have. I was. He was hot there for a while. But like, maybe I'm. You did nothing last year coming into it. Yeah, no, and that's what I'm saying. And his odds were high. Hold on. We got to find out what his odds no, were. No. He's. No. He's done nothing. He was like bad. Okay. He's gone 41st, 23rd, 19th in his last three starts. Last year going into Byron, he had three I mean, missed cuts, 25, 25th at Wells, and then one Byron. No, he's 100. Like, the numbers I'm looking at, and it, these were usually, like, where he goes off. So he probably opened higher than this. There's 100 to what last year. He yeah, probably it, is lower this year because, like, I assume the field the will be worse. Be and it's his third in a row. So, but that's why I'm saying if he's 100 to one or above again. No, I, I think the buy price is like 60. You're you're on cage at 60 for the three peat. That's the most plus EV bet I've ever heard in my life. What, like, what? what? So, you're saying if he's like, where would you, if you were the a bookmaker at next week's, I'm sitting there. You're putting him at 60 to one. All right. How can you not? I know, but that would be the dumbest thing books have done in the entire history if they put him at above 80 to one in the shit field. Unless they're like, they're saying there's no chance in a million (laughs) billion years this guy wins again. Let's put his odds up high and and cash as many like losing tickets. No, he, I'm telling you right now, he's going to be 60 to one next week. Wow. And I'm, I'm probably like the card is like Spieth KH. If he wins the third straight. <laughs> no, like, because then next year, like, everyone's going to be like, oh, now I'll hop on. Like, no, you what have he's to going for his, for what, Like, what? yeah, what's he priced when he's going for his fourth consecutive? Yeah, like you, he's like 20 to one that week. Let me know. I, I, uh, I'll i tweet it out, but let me know your buy price. Like, at what price is KH yeah. an auto at Byron next do week? A, do a poll with, like, 50 or, like, 50, 75, 100 or something like that. Yeah. yeah, like, we need okay. to know. Because I'm, I'm genuinely curious. <laughs> um, everyone have a great night. We'll see you next week. Jeff's in the winner at uh, Byron. Tailing.